Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Kingsmith Podcast. Kingsmith! With your hosts, Zach King. And Nathan Smith. Alright, well, today, guys, um, we got a, a special episode today. Yeah, we do. I guess we should, I should say we got special few episodes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna over some of, some of the general world news that's happening today. I know there are tornadoes that have swept through Kentucky and there are Mississippi. other... Not, not Kentucky, Mississippi. I'm sorry. Mississippi. <laughs> uh, my bad. But I know there are some uh, tornadoes that swept through there and some other current events that have happened. Um, I just want to remind you, all our listeners to be in prayer for those people who are yeah. affected. Yeah. Um, be in prayer for healing and for uh, any other types of needs that these families might have that mm-hmm. are affected by the tornadoes and other events. However, we, we've got a, a, a big topic that we're going to cover. Ooh. The, okay, guys, I'm going to be honest. Um, these next few episodes might, are going to be taken up by the book of Job. We're getting jobular. Yep. Um, I was trying to say the next few episodes, but we are gonna go through the walk through the book of Job with y'all, and it's gonna we're gonna split it up into three parts so we don't like die. Mm-hmm. And you all, and this is this is easier listening for you all as well. Um, we will. I will. I will say, however, we will take a break. And uh, Easter. And celebrate uh, Resurrection Sunday and Good Friday, because that is coming up here in a few weeks. Yes, it is. So we will take a break from Job, um, as our pastor here, Pastor da- Pastor David Pierce says, <gasps> during some of his messages, we we will come up for a breath of air from the Book of Job. And, yes. And uh, actually, and you know, give guys a break from listening to us talk about. Job and like the many one-liners he has in this book. <laughs> oh, there's many one-liners in this book. All right. Just in the first couple chapters, there's some one-liners. All right. How, Nathan. Yes. How do you, how do you think we should get started with this? Oh. Well, we should start off with chapter one. Oh. So. Verse 1, chapter 1, there was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that he was uh, Job, and that man was blameless and upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. So, that's kind of the theme of, like, the first two chapters, is that Job is blameless and upright and fears God and turns away from evil. Right. But then, what else about him does chapter 1 say about Job, Zach? Oh, started, starting off in verse 2, it says he has seven sons and three daughters. Mm-hmm. So, ten kids. He has... He has... Uh, his estate included 7,000 sheep and goats. Yep. This is verse 3, by the way. Yep. 3,000 camels... 500 yoke of oxen. Yep. And a yoke of oxen is a pair of oxen, by the way. I believe that's what that means. Um, I, I think, I'll look yeah. into that. We'll double check. 
500 female donkeys. I'm, I'm going to continue reading while Nathan is looking up the yeah. the term mule. And yep, yep, it's in Paris. Yep, yep. Yep. So he has a thousand ox, oxen. I almost said oxes, but that's not, not the correct English term. <laughs> so he has a thousand oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest among all the people of the East. He was the richest one. Yeah. God made him the richest. Uh, okay, so now... Uh, verse 5 says, When the days of feasting had completed their cycle. So the feasting... Uh, if you remember in Jewish culture, they have all the different feasts. Right. Um, there's a bunch of different feasts. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but they have a bunch of them. It's part of their culture. Yep. Um... Some of it is part of what's commanded for them to do. Yeah. Um, like Passover, technically, is a feast. Is a feast. Um, so there's different feasts that they have to do. So it's saying that the time that the feasts were here have come and gone. You're right. So this is sometime after Moses. It would have had to be. Right. Correct. Right. Or Abraham. Right. But this doesn't Somewhere say in Yeah, so this doesn't say Job is an Israelite, but that doesn't mean he's he's not a person of Israel uh, that is affiliated with Israel that has observed uh, the where's the land of Oz? Let me look it up. So it's saying Syria or Edom. So this is reasonably close to Israel. That's pretty close. Yep. But it, it doesn't say Job is an Israelite, but no. it's clear that he observe yeah, he does observe some of their customs. So Job is widely considered to be the oldest book written. Yep. Probably one of the first books written. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this does occur during the time of Abraham. It probably did, because yeah. I think Moses would have had to have written this, because Moses wrote, well, we think Moses wrote the Torah. It's not actually confirmed, right. but we've got about 80% certainty. Yeah. So there's a good chance that Moses wrote it, but it, we don't actually know. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Okay, so we got the context out the way. So yeah, Job, Job, by all accounts, is not only the richest man, but he is the closest that a human being can be to be per being perfect on Earth. At least at this point in time. Yeah. At least at this point in time, yes. We, I know Jesus, Jesus came and he was literally perfect, but. At this point in time, Job came the closest to being a... Job was an upright... Job was the man. Job was an upright and blameless man, as the text says. Yeah. Job was my guy. Um, so, okay. So now... It says, verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and then Satan came along with them. So you got the angels going up to God... 
and then Satan decides to join them. Think of this like uh, like a quarterly staff meeting among the angels, you know, something like that, where they go up and present themselves to God. Which is this is this happens with regularity, I guess. I guess something like that. Yeah. Something like that, because this. Um. Then let's see the verse eight. The Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my my serpent Job?" This is after you know Satan was roaming around the earth and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Kind of taunting uh, Satan, isn't he? Right. Does Job fear God for nothing? Is what Satan asks the Lord. Have you not made a fence around him? And his house and all that he has on every side, you've blessed the work of his hands, his possessions have increased. But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will certainly curse you to your face. So what does God say, Zach? So we're So first of all, we shift from Job's point of view, like down on earth among his possessions and his all his stuff, you know. Mm-hmm among his possessions and his family, up to God, the throne room of God, I'll, I'll say. Or yeah. somewhere in heaven, at the very least. Yeah. And like I said, like I said a few mo- minutes ago, this, is, this, this is, seems to be something that happens with regularity where the sons of God or these angel, angelic beings come and present themselves before the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so what happens next here is Satan is allowed to test Job. And so now you've got four different servants who come up. And the first one says, oh my goodness, look at the oxes and the female donkeys were there. And then the Sabaeans took, uh, attacked him and killed him. And I'm the only one who came and, or was able to escape. And then he keeps talking. And then another one comes up and says, well, fire from um, Fire uh, of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep. All oh, the sheep uh, burned up the sheep and the servants that were there, and I'm the only one who were able to make it. He was still speaking. Yeah. So, servant after servant after servant comes up, and before they can even finish jo- talking, Job, another one is already running up, telling him another disaster. Yeah. And then the third one comes up and says, "Oh my goodness, the Chaldeans took our camels and killed all the servants." And then the last one, which happens to be the worst one, another one says, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and then a tornado, basically, or a great wind, came from across the wilderness and struck all four corners of the house, and it fell on all of them, and they all died. So, look at everything that Job lost. Job lost his ox, his female donkeys... Lost all of his servants, essentially, except for four at this point. Yeah. Um, all of his sheep, uh, all of his camels, all of his sons and daughters. That's seven things. Right. Seven really big things in one day that Job lost. Right. And it's amazing that Job was not in a worse place, I'll say. 
I'd be pretty depressed. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 20. Then Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell on the ground and worshipped. Verse 21, saying, mm -hmm. saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22. Therefore, throughout I should, is all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. No. Job never did. That's pretty incredible. That's amazing. So, no. if you lost all your kids, all of your belongings, all your livestock, how would you respond to God? I'd be pretty upset, man. Heck. Yeah. I'd be pretty mad, too. Right. Heck, if somebody came in here and took my computer, I'd probably be upset. Right. You know? But look at Job's response. He stood up, tore his robe, and worshipped God. He was definitely upset. He was upset. But he did not direct any of that towards God at this time. I will say at this time. At this time. We And in later chapters, we will say, we'll see, I... We'll leave, but yeah, we'll see how he did. We'll see how Job keeps it up. Or how he does it, maybe. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter one. Yeah. Zach, what happens in chapter two? Uh, again. Two, verse one. Mm -hmm. One day the sons of God came again to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. To present himself before the Lord. Hmm. Okay, so we got so, Satan again. So we got we got the sons of God coming up again to present themselves. Which it makes me believe that this happens with regularly, as I've said. So we got the annual meeting. The annual meeting, the monthly meeting, the whatever meeting. We got it the is. State of the Union. State of the Union, or State of, State of the People, I guess. Yeah, the state of the heaven address. Yeah. <laughs> but verse 3 in the, of chapter 2. Look what happens here. So Satan comes up and presents himself to God again. Mm -hmm. And in verse 3, after again, after roaming from, from to and fro around the earth. Yeah. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him. A man of perfect integrity, who fears God and turns away from evil. Hmm. But it doesn't stop there. He still retains his integrity, even though you incited me against him to destroy him for no good reason. Yeah. That should be a pretty powerful verse right there, Nathan. That Oh, that's a huge verse. Why is that so, so huge, Nathan? Well, if you look at it, it says, Have you considered Job... Again, you hear, for there's no one like him on earth, blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And then the Lord adds to it and says, he still holds firm to his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. That's almost a little bit of a burn on Satan. Right. Because what did Satan do without even having cause to go against the Lord? He... 
he kind of, okay, for lack of a better term, he kind of poked the bear. <laughs> he he provoked God into, like my my translation says he got he incited God against Job for no good reason. But Satan, when he was kicked out of heaven, right? God didn't do anything to him, right? And the Lord is saying, "Dude, I let you do this to Job, and he's still acting better than you, right?" And then Satan gets mad and just says, well, okay. well, skin for skin, right? Okay. That, there's two burns on Satan there. Yeah. There's like the, the, the burn you point out, which is he's acting better than you despite what you've done to him. Right. And two, he still retains what you said he'd lose yeah. despite what you've done to him. Yeah. Like, verse two, chapter two, verse three, mm-hmm. is not only a repetition of chapter one, verse eight, where yeah. God is basically saying, "Have you considered Job, who's upright and blameless?" God yeah. tacks on, despite what you've done to him, he's still holding fast to his ideals. Yeah, he's still holding firm to his integrity. And then saying gets all, oh, you know. Satan gets all mad. Just all salty. Oh, he gets mad. He just gets all up in arms and just like... He says, all right, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, oh, he'll give for his life. Oh, but but wait, reach out with your hand now, touch his bone and flesh, and he will curse you to to your face. Hold on, he's tempting the Lord here to do something to Job. Right. I'm pretty sure the Bible says you shall not test the Lord your God. Yep. And I'm also pretty sure that um, trying to make God do something that's outside of his character for no good reason is also a sin. So God just says, he's in your power. Just spare his life. He makes oh. Satan do the work. But wait, but wait. That seems, that sounds familiar. If we flip back to chapter 1, yeah. verse 12. Very well. He, everything he owns, the Lord said, told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job. So what's the so, difference between that and what's going on now? So... Okay, first of all, the similarities. Yeah. Okay. Satan basically prods God into 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 trying to do something to Job. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. Understands what he's trying to do. Yeah. And says, "Okay, I'll play your game, but you're gonna have to do the dirty work." Yeah, I mean, in, in essence, yeah, that's kind of what's you're happening. Have, you're gonna have—he—he, he, God basically straight up tells Satan, "Okay, we'll test him, but you're gonna have to do the dirty work." Yep. Now for the differences. In that, in verse twelve of chapter one, God says, "Okay, all his stuff is in your power, mm-hmm. but you can't touch him." Right. 
And then we go to verse 6. Okay, his health is in your power, but you can't kill him. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you can't kill him, but you can do a lot to him. Right. So the Lord is showing restraint here. Yes. Um, but also, he's setting boundaries on Satan. Right. So what does that tell you about God? That he's more powerful than Satan. Of course. Satan recognizes who God is. The biggest mistake, not the biggest mistake, the greatest sin, the greatest lie that's ever been told is that Jesus doesn't yield to God. Wait, I said that wrong. That Satan doesn't yield to God. That's what I meant to say. I mean... Well, that is also another lie, but... Not, not the one I was talking about. I mean, yeah, uh, okay. Sometimes my brain thinks a word but doesn't say the right word. Right. Um, all right. No, right. one of the best one of the best lies of all time is that Satan doesn't recognize God. No, Satan recognizes God one hundred percent. Yeah. If you if you flip over to the Gospels, almost every time Jesus interacts with a demon possessed person. Uh-huh. The Okay, so let me pick one example. Legion. Oh, dude. Legion. So, oh. so Legion is so it's basically we don't know the exact number of demons, but there are several demons possessing one dude. Yeah. Well, actually, I think we do know the number. I think it's between 2 to 3,000 people or demons. Okay, so estimation because it's a Roman two, legion. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, between two and three thousand people, we'll say, or demons. I should. Yeah, we'll say. Um. Oh, sorry. Between five to six thousand. My bad. So. Dude was having a bad day. Dude, it was having a bad. Was having a bad time for a little while, man. He had a rough bit there. Yeah. And once Legion saw Jesus, came down, bowed before him, said, what are you doing here? And yep, basically asked to be sent to some pigs. Yeah. And then it happened. You know, if he were on the campus of Calvary University, we could have sent him into all of the geese. <laughs> are, are you sure they aren't already possessed? Those geese, I swear, they're... Son, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. They aren't afraid at all. Those geese. No, they're afraid. They're definitely scared. Maybe it's because we're all just Christians, so we just run around at them and cha- can chase them. All right. But the demons anyway. fleeing us. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're getting off topic. I do that sometimes. We both do that. But anyway. So... God, Satan knows who God is. The demons knew knew who Jesus was when he while he was on earth. Yep. Don't believe that lie, y'all. So now Satan goes out, strikes Job with boils from his feet to the tippity top of his head. My translation says terrible boils. Oh, they're bad. They're 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 not good. Job's right. having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. So what he does, Job literally sits in an ash pile right? while he's taking a broken piece of pottery to try to scratch all the boils off. 
think about like having uh, uh, chicken pox. You know. Yeah. Remember how that those would itch, and yeah. your and your parents would tell you stop scratching all you all the. He probably made it worse for himself. Yeah. But he was just suffering so greatly that he had to just. He needed a relief. Yeah, any type any type of relief he could get, he was searching for. Yeah. But now, and this is where I might summon my owner, Tim Hawkins, here. So as he's sitting in the ashes, his wife comes up to him and says, Do you still hold firm, hold firm to your integrity? Curse God and die. Okay, guys, look it. Joel lost all of the kids, lost all of his livestock, lost all... Basically lost everything. All of his servants lost his health. He is sitting in a freaking ash pile right now. Yeah. He's sitting in ash pile right now, scra- scraping himself. To get any sort of relief from these, like, just horrible, this horrible skin and yet, deformity. Satan didn't touch his wife. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Like, dude, that... They imagine one of his demons just going up, just saying, hey, what are you going to do to Job's wife? And James just be like, ah, no. No, we're, we're going to leave her. Satan's just like, bro. We're going to leave her. Watch I know this. what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> See, maybe it was... Uh, maybe this whole thing was just a showing for Job to maybe... <laughs> <laughs> call it off your buddy. <laughs> Might not be the best thing. Anyway... Oh, but look how Job responds. Verse 10. Oh, my goodness. This... First off, if you ever say this to your wife, I will come over and slap you. That's if you survive your wife's wrath. Yeah. <laughs> but listen to how Job responds in verse 10 of chapter 2. You speak as a foolish woman speaks. Oh! Keep going, sorry. <laughs> You speak as a foolish woman speaks. Should we not, should we accept only the good from God and not adversity? Throughout all this, Job did not sin in what he said. He still hadn't sinned yet. Again. We'll see how much he keeps this up. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, I can't say I blame him, but still. Well, see, and it wasn't until his friends came that he, things I mean, got bad. Yeah. But that first line, you speak as a foolish woman speaks. Roasted. Yeah, he just called his wife an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You speak as a foolish woman. If you ever say that, if any of you guys ever say that, first off, wives, slap them. Second off, Tell me I'll slap you. Uh, Te- for, second off, tell me or Nathan, and we'll slap him with maximum prejudice. Stapitude. Yes. <laughs> I love you, man. <sighs> okay, verse eleven. So Job's Job's got some three sort of friends. That <laughs> I say, sort of friends. Um, Again, we'll see how well their friendship uh, lasts. Yeah. So you got Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, and they make an appointment together to come sympathize with them, and they couldn't even recognize him when they saw him. And so they tore their robes, they threw dust over their heads, 
And they sat down on the ground with him for a week. They, and no one said anything. And they saw his pain was just insane. They, before they tore the ropes, they wept aloud. Yeah. So. That's some pretty good friends. Yep. Then they sat with him for a week. But no one spoke with him for, no one spoke a word to him. Because they saw his suffering was very intense. Excuse me. Yes. I hate to say it. This is the best thing his friends do for him. This entire like ordeal. Yeah. This is the best thing they do for him. They just... It really is the only good thing that they did. This is the best thing they do for him. This is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. When your friends are hurting, go be with them. Yeah. Y'all, and another thing, when you're with them, recognize that sometimes y'all don't need to talk. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a friend to be with you, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do. I've not, I know, I've known I've had, on several occasions, I've, where I've gone to friend, gone to be with friends. We didn't even talk to play talked about the issue. We just played Smash Bros. Yep. Sometimes you just need to release. Yep. But now look at chapter three, and I know we're I know we're starting we're, we're, we're we were wanting to stop at chapter two, but real quick, chapter three, Job has this huge lament, and his friends don't say anything. Right. Until afterwards. Right. Chapter 3 is Job just basically lamenting the day he was born. Yeah. Right. Um, I argue that's probably when he started to go wrong. But Job's depressed. I mean, he's all sick. He's lost everything. He's His wife is giving him a hard time. His friends show up. And they don't even say anything, which, okay, right move. But still, I mean, if all your friends came around you and didn't say a word just because of how shocked that they were of your pain, that would be kind of hard. Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 3. May the day I was born perish on the night that said a boy is conceived. No, may the day on which I was to be born perish. Y'all. That day, he didn't even want to exist. And then, verse 4. It only, if only the day had turned to darkness, may God above not care about it or shine, light shine on it. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I, I think I agree with you. This is where Job starts to. Yeah. Job starts to lose it. Job starts to lose it. Um, I will say, God does not respond to this. Right away. Right away. Right away. We'll we'll get, again, y'all, we're we're splitting this up into three parts. So we just, uh, we don't miss anything. We don't, you know, so we can do the book as much justice as we can, and the the in a short amount and yeah. in a reasonable amount of time, I should say. 
But I mean, we are having our pastor come on at some point to uh, help with this. Help us, because we don't know enough about what we need to know about Job. <laughs> yeah. But but we will get to Job, and we we will get the God's responses to Job, and to Job's friends. He never goes after uh, Elihu. He never goes after Elihu. Elihu is not even listed as one of the friends at the beginning. He right. was just somebody who tagged along. Right. So. Nathan. Yeah. What can we learn from the first, since we included the better chapter three, I'll, I'll include it. What do we learn from the first three chapters of Job? Well, we learned that Job... He's an outstanding guy. Okay? Right. We learned that he's a good dude. He serves the Lord. He fears the Lord. But the Lord's got a couple lessons in store for him. Right. Job's got to learn some stuff. Right. And God allows Satan to do something. Right. I know many people question that aspect of the Lord. Using Satan to do bad things. Here's the thing. Did God actually tell him to do bad things, or did God say, you're allowed to do certain things? He said, you're allowed. He said. It wasn't a command. Right. He said, okay, these things are in your power. Yep. But. But. That's a pretty big but. Yeah. In both in both chapter one and chapter two, mm-hmm. but you are not a when he went after Job's belongings, you are not allowed to touch Job himself. Yeah. And then in chapter two, very well, you are allowed to to inflict to make him sick to make him sick, but you are not allowed to kill him. Yeah. So the the Lord's protecting his his people. It's a chastisement, essentially. Right. It, it's a chastisement. Um, Satan da- came down pretty hard on all of his uh, belongings and possessions. Right. Giving him some boils. Okay, look at boils suck. Right. They hurt. And and in the in the in this text, we are getting we get the implication that these boils hurt so much that Job is in so much pain uh-huh. that he's willing to take. A shard of a pot, and like scratch these boils off. And, and remember, a boil isn't just something that's on the surface of the skin. A boil is more like a very, very, very big mass pimple, right? Like almost abscess kind of thing. Yeah. And so when he says he's trying to scrape them away, well, yeah, he's literally digging at them to try to get the pus out. Right. That's how painful this is. Yeah. And on top of all that, his wife comes up and says, curse God and die. <sighs> hey, she, she, she remained pretty much the same all the way through. I'm just saying. That, that's the only time we hear from her. All right. Until the very end when he gets all a whole bunch of kids and everything again. Right. And... Oh, man. 
There's so much to learn from Job. Right. I can't wait till we get to the rest of it. I can't wait either. Because this just... This just goes on. Because after... Really, after chapter 3, mm -hmm. after Job's like initial lament, it basically turns into a debate. Yeah. It turns into a debate... But then it turns into a courtroom. Right. Because Job wants to take Jesus to court saying, Hey, I was good. I did everything you told me to do. And then you did this. But then at the end of the book, Elihu and God come in and bring the gavel down. And we'll get into... Um, the back and forth between Job and his friends, you know. Yeah. As as the as it goes on. But. Ugh. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. All right. Well, we're at thirty-seven minutes, Zach. <laughs> Dang it! You want to keep going or? I mean, we could. You want to talk about other stuff, like how the Jets-Packers trade <laughs> isn't going to happen? Don't be so sure, man. I don't know. I'm starting to doubt, but... I, I don't know. But don't be so sure. I told you, it doesn't make any business sense. Right. Everyone else is getting their doubts, too. Yep. Oh. This, this book does bring up an interesting question, Nathan. Yeah. And, um, I was watching a, a video on it on Job uh -huh. to, to prepare for it. Right. And the video, the the people in the video were saying, "Oh, this brings up the question of why do good people suffer?" Ooh. So. There's a good question. Nathan. Yeah. In chapters one and two, specifically. Yeah. We see. Job. The, the 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 book starts off with Job with saying Job is an upright and blameless man. Yeah. God says twice. Yeah. Job is an upright and blameless man. Mm-hmm. Even after it, once before he lost all his all his stuff. Yeah. And even after he lost all his stuff. Yeah. And even then, two times it says that Job did not sin. So, in all that context, Nathan, why? Did this happen to Job? Well, let me ask another question. Let me let me answer that question with a question. Ooh. What do we actually deserve? Ooh. Why can there be good people to begin with? We all actually deserve hell. Right. And we know that the best that the earth has to offer is like dirty rags to God. Ooh. Correct? Correct. So, you might be a good person. You're still a dirty rag. You still sin. You still do bad things. Sure, you might not be a murderer. You not, might be an adulterer. You might not be somebody who uh, has done something terrible, like killed somebody. Right. But you're all, we're all still bad people. There's no such thing as a good person. There's only, really, there's only from bad to worse. Right. If you want me to be blatantly honest. Right. No. 
But why do bad things, or, yeah, bad things happen to good people? Um, at least from our definition of good, we're not perfect. We all still have lessons that we need to learn. Some of us learn a little bit harder than others. Right. Um, the way I have rationalized it for myself mm -hmm. is there's the easy way and there's the hard way to learn lessons, right? Yep. The easy way is you see an issue in your life and you learn the lesson pretty much on the spot. Yeah. No more, no prodding, no, no nothing, nothing extra. Yeah. Just see a lesson you need to learn and you learn. Yeah. The hard way of finding stuff is where God implements tough love. Yeah. Because remember, I think Paul says it, and I want to say he says it in one of the Corinthian books. In one of the I letters, think you're right. One of the letters to Corinth. I think you're right. Paul does say he that God chastises those who he loves. Yeah. So God does... God does punish us for... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's appointed once a man to die. Yeah. So we cannot escape total punishment from, from sin. But we can, through Christ, we can escape the worst punishment, right? Yep. Wow. That is some powerful stuff. Yeah, that being... That is some good stuff, Zach. Yep, yeah. And y'all, um, the reason why we are taking a break in the middle of the Book of Job <laughs> is not only the the celebration of the resurrection, mm -hmm. although that is... That's a big, big that, reason. That's, that is a big reason. That is like the, one of the biggest reasons... That you could that you could uh, do for taking a break from one part of the Bible, one part of the Scripture, yeah. and focusing on another. Yeah. But another reason, another smaller reason, is the Book of Job is deals with very heavy subjects. Oh yes, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Right, and while and while throughout throughout the these episodes, you'll know. You'll hear us making making light of some of the things. Know this, that we understand the impact that this had, not only on Job and his three friends, but the impact this must have had on the people who heard this out loud, mm -hmm. the people who have read it before us, yep. and the people who will read it after us. Yeah. Y'all, sometimes life is heavy. Yeah. And it's important to take a break and go up from there, come up for, watch Star Wars, play video games, listen to music. Relax a little bit. Relax a little. Whatever you want. All right. I agree, sir. I agree. Nope. All right. Uh, That's all I got. I'm out of juice. I'm out of juice. Y'all get excited for uh, the the next part of Job. 
<laughs> you uh, better be. Are we are we teasing what what's what's happening besides continuing to read through Job? Are we teasing? Are, are we teasing or are we just outright saying? Ah, oh, let's tease it. Let's tease it. Let's tease it. Y'all better listen because we might have a surprise for y'all. Yo, we're going to have a surprise. I think this, we already said it, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll ignore that. <laughs> I think they probably did, too. <laughs> y'all, y'all get excited for this next episode of the podcast because we're excited as well. Yes. And with that, that's a wrap. Peace. Peace. Be with you. Always. Hey, that was the worst segue I've ever done. Bye.